0: Welcome to Salisbury Christian Church's Sermon Podcast. The sermon you are about to listen to was delivered on March 11, 2012. This week, we take a look at the life of Joseph through the eyes of Reuben. Be sure to check out our website at salisburychristianchurch.org for the latest news and events at Salisbury Christian Church. you a story it's a true story it is an amazing story about my family (laughs) (laughs) except it's not that family because right now I am not Nathaniel I am Reuben, the oldest of 12 boys and Alice thought she had it bad my uh, family is actually pretty well known. My father, Jacob, my grandpa, Isaac, and my great-grandfather, Abraham. You've probably heard of them before. And my brothers, I being the oldest, had to watch over all, tw- all 11 of the other brothers and one sister. In order from oldest to youngest, me, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, and baby brother Benjamin. We're all shepherds in the land of Canaan. We work with the flocks, we work in the fields, and provide for our families as best as we can. Now, not everything's perfect. Our family has had a share, our share of uh, dysfunction. And uh, even I have dishonored my father. But but it's not about me. It, it's not about my story. It's really about my younger brother, Joseph, a dreamer, as we called him. You see, Joseph was dad's favorite. And that really made my brothers angry. And if I have to be honest, it kind of made me a little bit angry too. Dad had a coat made for Joseph. It was the most brilliant construction of cloth that you have ever seen threads of many different colors and Joseph wore this around the house all the time showing it off to all of us brothers and you know that really didn't help his case the last straw was when Joseph spoke to us about a dream that he had We were out in the field and it was one of the rare times that Joseph was was helping us out. He was usually in the house being a little bit lazy because dad really didn't make him do all the hard work. Well, he was out uh, in the fields with us and he tells us this dream. He said one night he was dreaming that there were 12 sheaves of grain, 12 collections of grain. And he said that 11 were bowing down To one she, he didn't need to explain the symbolism there. We knew exactly what Joseph meant. He was that one she that the rest of the 11 were bowing down. Oh boy, that made us angry. What, What an arrogant little brother. And to make matters worse, he had another dream. He had a dream, said that the moon and the sun and the stars, they were all bowing down to him. Mom and dad would bow down to him. Boy, we didn't like that at all. Well, things came to a head one day. We were tending our flocks near the town of Shechem. Joseph wasn't with us as usual, being lazy at the house. And all of us, uh, the rest of the brothers, were out doing the hard work in the hot sun. And then all of a sudden we see Joseph in the distance coming our way. I remember Simeon gave me a little poke in the ribs and said, Hey, look, here comes that dreamer. And I said, you know, guys, you know, Joseph likes to tattle on us all the time that if we're not doing our work, he goes back home to dad and says, you know, dad, they weren't working as, as you told them and they weren't doing what they're supposed to. So we really don't want to get in trouble. Let's just get back to work. But instead, my brother started plotting against Joseph and it really kind of got serious. They said they, they wanted to kill him. They wanted to get rid of Joseph. They were sick and tired of Joseph being the favorite. You know, I didn't like dad playing favorites. I didn't like dad playing favorites with Joseph, but I didn't want Joseph dead. I pleaded with them. You know, guys, you you really don't have to kill him to, to get your way, but they were dead set on getting their point across. I did, however, convince them not to kill him, but just throw him in a well, a cistern that was near the spot where we were grazing our sheep. The guys kind of rolled their eyes and said, All right, well, if it still gets rid of him, we'll get rid of him. Joseph arrived from off in the distance. My brothers grabbed him and took his coat and started to throw him into the well. And Joseph was so confused as to why his brothers would ever want to harm him. I I couldn't watch. I ran. I went to the near town of Dothan and waited there till mid-afternoon. I knew by that time the boys would have taken the, uh, the flocks back to Shechem and that I would have my opportunity to go to the well and get Joseph out and rescue him. The plan seemed all too perfect. I would save Joseph and my honor would be restored with dad. I saw the boys off in the distance, far enough away that I could go to the cistern and get Joseph. I ran down the hill to where we had been grazing the flocks and looked in the well And Joseph was gone. My heart broke. What had they done? What had those boys done? I know I had told them that I was angry with Joseph, but like I said, I didn't want him dead. I knew I should have stayed. I I knew I should have stopped them altogether. My grief turned to anger, and I ran as fast as I could to catch up with those boys. I didn't even wait to catch my breath before I said, Where's Joseph? What have you done to him? I spotted Simeon with that robe, with Joseph's coat, that dazzling colorful thing that was now ripped to pieces. What have you done with him? I told him not I told you not to kill him I said. My brothers explained to me what had happened. They said that a band of Midianites had come past the well and they sold Joseph as they were on their way to Egypt. I tore my clothes in protest. I screamed and I cried and I wailed and Dan spit back at me, oh, like you have any right to chastise us. You're such a portrait of perfection. You're no saint either. You wanted him gone just as much as the rest of us. They pushed me aside. They took Joseph's coat, slaughtered one of the goats of the herd, and they dipped his coat in that blood. You see, they were planning to tell dad that a wild beast had ripped Joseph Joseph apart, and that way they would be sure that dad would never think of Joseph again. Well, we returned home, and dad was devastated, and so was I. And I wondered to myself, I don't know if I should speak up and tell dad what's really going on, but I just figured Joseph was probably dead anyway. It would just be giving dad false hope if I told him, you know, that Joseph had been sold away. 22 years passed with no sign of Joseph. No word where he had gone or what had ever happened to him. Every day I waited for Joseph to appear on the doorstep, but nothing. After years, dad seemed to be putting this horrible news behind him, but the guilt of what I had been a part of weighed on me every single day. In that 22nd year, famine struck our land. We were running out of food, and as big of a family as we had, we were running out of food pretty quickly. And so Dad figured that it would be necessary for us to go search out to find some food for our families. And he had heard that there was plenty of food in Egypt. There were storehouses full of grain and full of things that we could have for our families. So dad sent us down to Egypt, all of us except for Benjamin, our youngest brother. We took the journey and we arrived in Egypt and I can tell you it was extremely, extremely crowded. There were so many people there looking for food because famine had not just reached the edges of Canaan, but it had reached the whole region. So we went down to Egypt, and we were met by one of Pharaoh's lead officials, Zophineth Paek, the vizier of Egypt, came out to meet us. We bowed down to him as was customary, but as soon as we stood up, he just started accusing us of being spies. Now, all of these people in Egypt were here to buy food, and he picked us out and accused us of being spies. He interrogated us. We, we told him what our, what our uh, business was there in Egypt. Told him about our family, that there was one younger brother still at home, and that our father had sent us down to get food for our families. He didn't believe us, so he threw us in jail for three days. What an injustice. He threatened us with our lives. He said that if we did not go back home, get Benjamin and bring him back to Egypt to prove what we were saying, that we would be executed. In the meantime, while we went to go get Benjamin, he said that one of our brothers would have to be held as collateral. I looked at my brothers and turned to the side and I told him, I said, you know, we're getting our comeuppance here. We're, This is happening because we took Joseph and we harmed Joseph and we sold him to the Midianites. The vizier took Simeon to be held as collateral. The Egyptians filled our sacks with grain and other provisions and we started back home, only stopping to sleep. As I lay down under a tree to go to sleep. I opened up my sack just to get some things out, and in the mouth of the sack was the silver that I was supposed to use to pay for the grain. I swear, I I knew I had given the silver that I was used to pay with the grain. I knew I was supposed, I knew I had given it to the vizier. I just knew it. How had it gotten back my sack? I I woke up the other brothers and I said, guys, look what's in my sack. And so they opened up all of theirs and there was all the silver that we were supposed to pay with. We were in trouble. But we were way too far away from Egypt. We were so close to home. We just decided to sleep, get up in the morning and go back to dad and tell him all of the bizarre things that had happened on our journey. Well. We told dad everything. He was furious. Of course, now we had another brother that was locked up in Egypt. We tried to persuade him to let us take Benjamin back. But he swore that he would never let Benjamin go. He had already lost one of his youngest. And he didn't want to have to lose the youngest son, his baby, Benjamin. We pleaded with him. I swore on my son's two lives that I would bring Benjamin back, but Dad still would not consent. Weeks passed, and the food that we had brought back from Egypt started to run low once again. Dad ordered us to go back to Egypt for more food, and we reminded him, we said, you know, the vizier said that if we don't come back with Benjamin and we show up on his doorstep, he's going to kill us in that very instant. Well, Dad still wouldn't budge. And then my brother Judah said something. He said, I myself will guarantee Benjamin's safety. You can hold me personally responsible for him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, I will bear the blame before you all of my life. Dad finally agreed to send Benjamin. (laughs) I'm glad he did. So we took Benjamin and the rest of my brothers and we went down to Egypt to go get Simeon and pay the rest of the money that we had in our sacks and give the Egyptians what they needed. We arrived in Egypt once again and we bowed before the vizier. He had us all taken to his home, which I thought was a little strange because Egyptians didn't necessarily like to mingle with the Hebrews. He brought out Simeon. He had him by the arm and we're all standing there waiting for him to let him go. We just wanted our brother back. We presented him with the money that we were supposed to give him the first time and the money that we're supposed to give him this turn, and he finally let Simeon go. And then the vizier asked about dad. He asked us if dad was still alive, and we told him, but I really don't know why he was interested about that. But we informed the vizier that dad was still doing well. And then when we presented Benjamin as was requested, he blessed our little brother Benjamin, and then with tears in his eyes, he quickly excused himself from the group. I thought that was kind of odd. Well, the vizier returned and he took us all to lunch. And if you know anything about the Egyptians, they're pretty elaborate with their lunches. We were all seated according to age, from the oldest to the youngest. I got to sit the closest to the Egyptians as close as you could possibly get, except they were at another table. The Egyptians didn't want to eat with us unclean Hebrews. Well, we were all seated according to our age, and they were serving us the food from the head table. But then they got to Benjamin. And you know, I had a pretty good portion on my plate. But then they get to Benjamin, and he gets five times as much food as the rest of us. Maybe they just liked the younger brother or they just didn't want to have any leftovers, but his portion was five times as much as the rest of ours. While we ate, our grain sacks were filled with as much as it could possibly hold, and after dinner we were given those sacks, filled with food, and sent on our way. We were glad to have all of our brothers with us this time. But we were just outside the city, When we were stopped by the palace steward, he accused us of stealing the vizier's uh, royal cup, the silver cup. And we all looked at each other, what else could go wrong in this situation? So we tried to convince the steward that this was a baseless claim, that they were just making things up. We uh, We all spoke up at this outrage. I piped up. If any of us is found to have the cup, then we will be Egypt's slaves forever course, I knew I didn't have the cup in my sack. I knew my brothers didn't have the cup in their sacks either because I was with them the whole time at lunch. They didn't have an opportunity to take the cup. So one by one, from the oldest to the youngest, we opened our sacks. I opened mine. Whew, not there. Then Simeon, Levi, Dan, Gad, Asher, Issachar, Zebulun, and then Benjamin. There it was. There was that cup. Benjamin, what have you done? Why did you take this cup? And he was saying, I didn't take it. I swear I didn't take it. I was sitting at the end of the table eating lunch just like the rest of you. I, I didn't take the cup. The steward didn't care. From the detachment of soldiers took us back to the palace, back to the vizier. And there he was waiting for us. The steward had Benjamin by the arm and the cup in his other hand. I knew, since I had made the promise, that we would all be slaves to Egypt if any one of us were to have found to have the cup. I knew it was the end of us all. The vizier scolded us for what our younger brother had done. Judah pleaded with the official. We all, on our knees, tried to convince him that we were all innocent, that this was just some big mix-up, some big mistake. The official, though, had made up his mind. Benjamin was to be the vizier's slave as punishment. Oh, I knew how upset Dad would be. Upset's not even a good enough word. I I knew that Dad would be devastated. First Joseph, now Benjamin to be lost. Judah spoke up with the official and recounted our entire misadventures. He told the official how father was distraught over losing one son and how he would die if he lost his youngest. And then Judah said something, I will never forget the rest of my days. I will take the boy's place, he said. All of us fell silent. We waited for the official to speak. And then came the shock of my life. Zophineph had his attendants quickly remove themselves. The official, the vizier, got down on his knees and he started crying and wailing. And we were wondering what was going on. This guy's got to be crazy. He told us all, come close. Of course, fearing him, we all rushed towards him. We got close to the man, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother. We all looked at each other. He said it again, it's me, Joseph. We were all in disbelief, and I was looking, and, and there behind the headdress and the makeup was our brother Joseph. There he was, that dreamer in the best coat, the most dazzling Egyptian robe you could ever see. And there we were, bowing before him. I guess his dream wasn't so far off. What news! Wow, what news! I I didn't know whether to cry or laugh or run for my life. He probably was pretty mad about that whole uh, well thing. But then again, after the cup incident, I'd say we're pretty even. But he wasn't angry. Listen to what he said. He said, it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Joseph grabbed all of us and kissed and hugged us. And he just tried to grab all of us at once and give us this big group hug. And, you know, we told him all of what had happened and that, Father was still alive, Joseph told us to go get Dad and all of our families from Canaan and bring them down to the district of Goshen outside this Egyptian city. There he said we would live, we would live, and have the best of everything in Egypt. Whew. What a turn of events We returned to Canaan to get Dad and all the family and all my kids and all my brother's kids. And we traveled down to Goshen. When we returned, we were met with, the, uh, with a royal procession unlike anything I have ever seen. All sorts of people in this, in this big procession. they were welcoming this whole big, huge, gigantic family down into the district of Goshen. And then dad saw Joseph. What a sight to see. Well, it's been many years since that day. We've had more years of famine, but thanks to that dreamer, you were never without food. A few weeks ago, Dad died. All of Egypt mourned with us, and as Dad wanted, we carried his body back to the land of Canaan to be buried with Leah and Grandpa Isaac and great-grandpa Abraham. After the burial, we were all reminiscing about dad and the old days and about some of the things that had taken place. But there was something on all of our minds, and Joseph knew it. We figured that uh, dad being alive kind of held Joseph back from getting even with us, and we were worried, so we bowed down before Joseph again, and we said, we have wronged you in so many ways. Please, please forgive us. All of us threw ourselves before him in search of mercy. And then Joseph, that dreamer, said something that affected me in more ways than you can imagine. Joseph said, yes. You did intend to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. What we have intended for ill, God has intended it for good. Praise God for his providence and his goodness.